Hello. We are so excited that you've decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook and YouTube under Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street in Burgall, North Carolina. The zip code is 28425. If you'd like to give a donation, you can simply go to our website at mtdm.org and click on that donation button. God bless you. We thank you that we can glorify you. Outside of our situations, outside of our circumstances, God, you are worthy to be praised. God, we thank you that the high praises of God will be in our mouth and a two-edged sword will be in our hand. God, we thank you that when the enemy come in like a flood, the spirit of the living God will raise up a standard against him. We thank you, Father God, that we walk by faith and not by sight. Our lives are not based on what we see. God is based on what you have already done. So we thank you, God, for being who you are. We thank you for being our provider on today. We thank you for being our healer. We thank you, God, for being El El Yon, the most high God. God, we thank you for being the great I am that I am. God, we thank you, God, for being Jehovah Shalom. We thank you for being peace this morning, God. We thank you, Father God, for the fruit of the Spirit. We thank you for the gifts of the Spirit. God, we thank you for the blind seeing, the lame walking, the deaf hearing, incurable sicknesses and diseases being healed. We thank you for tumors and growths disappearing. We thank you for the miraculous, God, in the name of Jesus, because there is nothing too hard for you, God. So, God, we thank you for your healing. And I command healing in this room on this morning in Jesus' name from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet, God. I command what you have already given us because you said you would do far exceedingly abundantly above all that we can even ask or think according to the power that now worketh within us. And we thank you and we praise you that healing is here, God, in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Father God, that joy is here in this room because the joy of the Lord is our strength on today, God. So we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise, God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you that love is in the midst of this room, God, because you have shed love through the Holy Ghost. You have placed it in our hearts, God. So we thank you that we can love one another because you first loved us. And that's why we can love you as well, God. We thank you and we praise you, Father God. And everything that's in the atmosphere, God, that does not represent you, God, I command it to go right now in the name of Jesus. Every hindering spirit, every weary spirit, go right now in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for the blood of Jesus right now in the name of Jesus. So I plead the blood in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you and we praise you. You foul spirit of depression and oppression. Go right now in the name of Jesus. Loose your hole in Jesus' name. Jesus went around doing good. He was anointed with the power of the Holy Ghost. Healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. You can't stay in this place. In the name of Jesus, we give you glory. 
We give you honor. We give you praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God, for what you have done. In the name of Jesus. For it shall not be by might nor by power, but it shall be by your spirit on today. You reign. You rule in this place. In Jesus' name. So we thank you on this morning, God. We thank you this morning, God. We glorify you. For you said, let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. God, you're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. God, we give you praise. We give you praise. We give you glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, God. We honor you in this place. Hallelujah. We glorify you. There is no other God like you. Hallelujah. 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 Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, God. Hallelujah, God. We bless your name. We magnify you. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory. Let the power of 
you to praise God. I'm going to tell you why. He knows what praise will do because he was the praise leader in heaven. Lucifer was. So he know what praise will do. Praise will free you from whatever you're going through. So the enemy don't want you to praise God. He don't want you to give God glory because he know there's a change. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. God, we give you glory. I really feel that during some of the things that we have went through, gone through during this pandemic, people have lost their praise. They have lost their way to God. They have lost fellowship. The church have lost a lot of things that we can bring back it's up to us God has already done his part quit waiting on God quit crying out to God and rise up in what God has already given you come on all of us have some up and down days I know I do but when I go back and I think about where God has brought me from I don't stay in that place I keep it moving because I know if it was not for him, I would not be able to do what I do. So if you can take a minute, not even a minute, if you can take a few seconds this morning to reminisce where you were and where you are now and how you amongst the living... You're still breathing. Come on. Some of us still can come into the house of God. That's enough to wave a finger. A finger. Come on. When you really think about what he's done for you. Not only you, but for your children. For your family. For your friends, your relatives. You can praise him. Come on, God has done too much for us not to give him some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Come on, he brought me too far for us not to praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Glory God. Glory God. Come on, don't let the rocks cry out. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Glory. All time. Hallelujah. Glory God. Hallelujah. Glory God. It's my testimony in all that I go through. Glory. Somebody said why? I said, because praise is what I do. Glory, God. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now I believe that we can go in the word. Did y'all know that before you enter his gates, you got to do some thanksgiving. When you do some thanksgiving, you can enter his courts with praise. See, this is why you have to be thankful. You have to give him some praise. And as you begin to do that, guess what? You're entering in. And God is saying this, before you even go into the word, you got to have some thanksgiving. You got to have some praise because we got to understand that the word is what gives life. And we should be thankful that we're going into the bread of life and it's going to quicken us and it's going to bring life to us. So we just don't go into the word any kind of way. You don't go into the word depressed. That's why you got to begin to praise. You don't just pick up your Bible to press. You want to take away all of that stuff that's keeping you from getting what God wants you to have. Hallelujah. So, Father, we thank you. It's no longer us who live. But it's Christ who lives in us because we have been crucified with Christ. Amen. Open your Bibles again to St. Luke, the 15th chapter. We're still teaching on sonship. St. Luke, the 15th chapter, and begin at verse 25. St. Luke 15, beginning at verse 25. We need to wear that out, and once we wear that out, your Bible's going to flip open to it. You know when something was wore out, right? And the word of God read, Now his elder son was in the field. And as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father has killed the fattest calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering, and he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgress I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never gave me a kid, a goat, that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as as this thy son was come, which has devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fattest calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. I want to talk again on having a servant mentality. We see that this son that was left home, he served his father. He did all his father's commandments. But this son was very angry. And he was very angry because the younger son took his inheritance and he left home. And when he spent everything that he had, he came to himself. And we talked about how 
We come to ourselves doing tragedy, doing death, doing times when we don't have no money, when we don't have people we can look up to no more or have people look up to us. Then we come to ourselves and that's when we want to come back to God, right? God had given both sons grace and mercy. He had given both sons the same thing. He has given all of us the same measure of faith. But it's how we use the faith that God has given us, which began to look like great faith. So this son, he was very upset. And he told the the father, he said he had served him these many years. His anger, he was angry because he looked at the brother and what the brother had done. Having a servant mentality would bring on anger. The reason why it bring on anger is because when we don't deal with what's dealing with us, it's going to always deal with us. When we don't get to the root of what's going on in our lives, we will always have something going on with us or with somebody else. So he was very angry. He didn't deal with that. He worked for his father. He served his father as a hired hand. So he wouldn't even go into Um, you know, what the father had given the other son. But then the father came out to him and told him that everything I have is yours. It was not the father's fault that he was not using what the father had. That's what's going on with the church. God has given us everything that we need. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Everything that we need, God has already given us. It is not God's fault if we do not use what he has given us. The reason why we don't use it is because we have a servant mentality. We feel like in order to get healed, I got to do something to get healed. In order to prosper, I got to do something to prosper. In order to get joy, in order to get peace, in order to love, I have to do something. But God done it all through his son, Jesus Christ. The only thing we have to do is believe and receive what God has already done. That's having a mentality of a son. Meaning that I don't have to be a a hired servant. I don't have to be someone who have to earn something to get something. Because the Bible said, for by grace are you saved. Through faith, not of yourself. It is a gift of God. Meaning that grace provided everything we need. Grace is unearned, unmerited, undeserved favor that we didn't deserve, that we didn't have to earn. The only thing we got to do is believe in what was done. Faith is what uh, gets us into grace. So if we believe in what's done, we're tapping into grace. We're tapping into everything God has done. This son worked for the father all of these years thinking that the more I work for my father, the more he's going to give me. He's already did it. God already did everything that need to be done before we accepted him. But accepting Jesus opened up what's already done. See, God already made a way for us. Jesus already died for past, present, and future sins even before we accepted him as our Lord and as our Savior. He already done it. It was already a done deal before you were even born. He already made a way through Jesus for the whole world. This is why he said, for God so loved the world that he gave. His only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him shall not die. 
shall not perish but have everlasting life. So when we believe in him and what he has done, guess what? Everything that he has is ours. Everything that he has is ours. As he is, so are we in this world. We are heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. So we don't have to beg for nothing. We don't have to go around being beggars. We just got to know what we have and speak forth what we have according to what the word of God says. Y'all, is just that easy. So this son, he had a servant mentality. The way this servant mentality changes by not being conformed to this world. But be ye transformed by the renewing of our mind. Then we're going to prove what the good and acceptable will of God is for our lives. So when things are happening here on the earth, we don't deny that gas prices is going up. But one thing that we do do is say, God, you already provided for me before the gas prices went up. You don't have to worry about the gas prices because God is your father. God already supplied. He already knew that this was coming before it was coming. He already knew the pandemic was coming before it was coming. So we have to know who we are so we can live through the things that are yet to come. Through the things that are here right now. We focus on what God says. This is why the Bible says that we keep our mind on things above and not on things of this earth. Remember, they were in Egypt, but there was, they were in Egypt, but they were in Goshen in a place that was in Egypt, they couldn't touch him in Goshen because God was providing for them in Goshen. Even though Egypt was going through, they weren't going through in Goshen. See, because those were God's people. How do y'all think people going to know we belong to God? We, they know we belong to God because whatever go up, we still going. We ain't out trying to do like the world is doing, trying to look for handouts because we know that God is who he said he's going to be. Guess what God's going to do? He's going to turn the hearts of those that's supposed to give to us. Y'all don't get it. Before they left Egypt, God said, I want you to go to, your, to these people in Egypt and I want you to get from them these things. God already turned their hearts to give it to them. And they gave it to them. So why are we worried about gas prices? No matter how high it go up, God's going to turn somebody's heart to fill your tank. God's going to turn somebody's heart to pay for your gas for a month. God's going to turn somebody's heart to be there when they need to be there. That's how God works. That's how we look different. But a servant's mentality is saying, I don't know how I'm going to make it with these gas prices. These gas prices is going up. I'm going to curse these gas prices. Come on, y'all don't get it. I'll give you uh, an example. When Joseph, when God raised him up to be whom he was, did not Joseph go through? But Joseph made it when he was going through, did he not? They tried to put him in the pit, but God brought him out of the pit. Then Potiphar's wife ended up lying on him and he went to prison. Even in prison, God made him, exalted him. God gave him favor even in prison where he ran the prison, even when he was in prison. Then when he went to the palace, the people had to come to him even in the midst of a famine. The famine didn't stop, did it? But God gave him wisdom on how to get through the famine. God gives us wisdom on how to get through what's going on down here. Quit praying prayers that God ain't told you to pray. 
for stuff that God said, no, you're going to go through it. And when you go through it, I'm going to show you how to live through it as kings and priests. I'm going to show you how to live through it as kingdom people. If we keep looking at the world, the world ain't going to see us as sons. We pull up to a gas pump. We need to say, thank you, God. Thank you that my tank is already full. Thank you, God, that this gas is going to carry me where I need to be carried. And I'm going to stay out of places I don't need to be in. You got to be a steward over what God gives you. You can't be running all over the place like a chicken with his head cut off. You got to say, God, where you want me to be, that's where I'm going. Come on, I'm speaking the word. Some people are getting mad. Tell me, you telling me that I shouldn't pray that these gas prices go down? Did uh, Joseph pray that the famine cease? Or did he do what God told him to do during the famine? You're going to have famines that come upon the land. You What, you praying for COVID to leave? Hello, somebody. COVID is hanging on because we're hanging on to COVID. Come on, when you let go of it, it'll let go of you. Even though it's in the atmosphere, you're walking through it because you know who you are. You a son. When you don't know who you are, you're taking COVID everywhere you go. Come on. Come on, COVID. We're going in grocery store. Come on. Come on, COVID. We're going back home now. Come on, COVID. I'm going to take you to church. Maybe you get healed. Come on. Come on, COVID. Come on with me now. Oh, I forgot and left COVID home. Be right back. This is what we do. Whatever you talk about the most is what you've been with the most. We talk according to the word because we're sons. We talk what the word is talking because we're sons. The Bible say, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So does he become. That word heart means mind. So as a man thinketh in his mind, so is he. So does he become. Whatever you think on the most is what you become. If you're thinking on uh, COVID all day long, that's what your body, your body reacts to what you think. That's what your body do. If you think sickness, your body gets sick. If you're listening to people that's always sick and always complaining, next thing you know, you got their symptoms. Come on. Jesus walked amongst sickness and disease. But his mind was on heaven. That ain't, that, that ain't up here in heaven. And heaven is right here in me. He said, the kingdom is in me. So if the kingdom is in me, whatever is in the atmosphere can't come nigh me. Don't mean that it's not going to be in the atmosphere, y'all. It's stuff in the atmosphere now that they haven't even found out about. But guess what? They're going to find out about it and they're going to call it something. They're going to give it a name. And once they give it a name, then we start talking about that name. Instead of talking about the name that's above every name. If we talk, this is what God was telling me when I was walking the other day. He was letting me know. He said, the thing that you talk about the most is what brings life to your body. He said, if you talk my word, dealing with healing all day, your body's receiving healing. Because that's all your body is used to. 
Whatever you talk about is how your body is affected. This is what your body is affected by, what you talk about the most. He said, if you want your body to be quickened, if you want your body to come alive, speak healing to it. Speak joy. Speak my word to it. He said, that's how your body was created. He said, your body was created to function according to the word. That's how God created the body. He blew the breath of God in that body. He put life in that body. So that life got to come out of that body on the outside. And how that happens is when you begin to speak scripture all the time to that body, that body is going to live whole. That body is going to function the way God want that body to function. Come on, you got too many men in the Bible like Moses. Come on, somebody. Moses was old. And we're going to go to Moses today because I'm still talking about having that mentality. God want us to have a sonship mentality, not a servant mentality. To have a sonship mentality, you have to be in the word. Your life is not based on what the world is doing. It's based on what the word of God says. So if the word of God says it, we're supposed to do it as sons because that's how we're raised to maturity is through the word of God. We start out with milk, but we don't stay on milk all our lives. Come on, we put it in cereal, but we don't just drink it without having our vegetables and our meat and our stock. We don't do that. So God said, it's time for the church to come off of milk. It's time to get on some meat of the word. So before I go to Moses, I have to go here. And second Samuel, go with me there, please. Second Samuel. Lord, thank you for this word. Thank you that people are opening their eyes and seeing the marvelous things out of your law. Second Samuel um, chapter nine. And this is what I want to talk about having a servant's mentality and how it turns into sonship. Hold your place there, but I'm going to go back way back with Jonathan and David. We know that Jonathan and David made a covenant with one another. And that's in 1 Samuel, um, starting with uh, 18 on up to 19, 23, somewhere in there. They made a covenant with one another. And when you make a covenant with one another, whatever belonged to Jonathan belonged to David. Whatever belonged to David belonged to Jonathan. And when they first started the covenant and they became blood brothers, because some people use blood as a covenant. So Jonathan took off his royal uh, attire. And he gave that royal attire to David. The reason why is because God already showed Jonathan that David was going to be king. So by them coming together as blood brothers, meaning that when Jonathan died, Jonathan died, he would have, David would have to still take care of his family. If David died, David would still have to, Jonathan would still have to take care of whoever was in David's family. Why was this? Because when a king takes the throne, the king, the other king and whatever was under them got to be killed, got to die. Remember when they would send them to war, they would say, kill the king. He said, kill everything that's in that kingdom. Because if you don't, it's going to raise back up, right? This is why we got to get to the root. When you get to the little things around the root, you're not killing that root. So it's going to grow some more things. So this is the covenant that they had. 
So when we get to 2 Samuel the ninth chapter, David began to talk and he wanted to show kindness to um, some of Jonathan's um, family. And he wanted to know if it was anybody left um, dealing with Jonathan. He found out there was somebody left dealing with Jonathan. Jonathan had a son. His name was, I'm not even going to say it, meth something. Anyway, it was Jonathan's son. So this son, he found out that what happened with this son, when they were killing off all the people dealing with Saul, dealing with that kingdom that Saul had, someone took Jonathan's son and was running with him and something happened to his legs. So anyway, they were keeping him in a place called Lodibar. Lodibar means it's a land of nothing. And they ran in fear. So this is what God was telling me. He said, the church is living in Lodibar because they have servant mentalities. When you have a servant mentality, you live in low places. You leave because of fear. He left because of fear. So Lodibar represent also fear. He left because he knew they took him out because they know if they didn't take him out, David Nim was going to take him out. David Nim was going to kill him. So he lived in Lodabar. So David found out where he was in Lodabar and he asked them to bring him to him. When they brought him to him, he bowed to David and he considered himself as a dog. That's what he called himself. The reason why is when you and Lodabar, I'm talking to the church, Lodabar can represent depression. It can represent oppression. It can represent fear. It can represent, because it's nothing there. So the enemy, if he can keep you in Lodabar, if he can keep you depressed, if he can keep you in fear, if he can keep you in that place, it's keeping you from knowing who you are in him. It's keeping you from knowing what you have in him. That's Lodabar. So God want the church to come out of Lodabar. He want the church to come out of a servant mentality. As long as you're trying to do something to get something, you're in Lodabar. That's where the enemy want to take you in Lodabar. He want to keep you in Lodabar. So when David brought him to him, he said, I'm going to read this part, uh, 2 Samuel, the ninth chapter. Verse 7, and David said unto him, fear not. Now look at this. He had to get rid of what? Fear. This is one thing we got to get rid of to come out of Lodabar is fear. Because the Bible said that God did not give us the spirit of fear, but the power of love and of a sound mind. Fear have you not having a sound mind. That fear will paralyze you. Fear will have you thinking things that are not what you're thinking. That's what fear is. Fear is not having faith in God. So the enemy know if I can get you in fear in any situation, I can hold you in Lodabar. So the first thing he said was, fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake. And will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father. And thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. Look at that. He said, I'm going to restore what happened with us when it comes to Jesus. Jesus gave us everything back. He went and took everything back. He went there and took the keys. And he gave us back the authority. Come on, over the earth. He said, you got a right to reign and rule over this earth. You are kings. You are priests. 
So I want you to rule and reign. So David said, I'm giving you everything and you're going to eat at my table continually. Come on. We're going to eat at his table continually. No matter what the enemy tried to do, because we are sons, he can't take that away. The only way he take that away is through your thinking. It's through the way you think. If you're thinking like a servant, you're going to go out there and do things like a servant. You're going to go out there and get two, three jobs to try to make it. But if you're thinking like a son, you're saying you already done supplied all of my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So instead of me getting two and three jobs, I'm going to feast at your table on the word of God and learn more of who I am. Come on, somebody. See, while we're working double jobs and while we're trying to find other things, come on, that's a servant mentality. Come on, if you're from the kingdom of heaven, we need to grab hold. The reason why we work so much, thank you, Holy Spirit, is because we go out and get too much. So we got to work double to pay off what we got. That's the problem. But a servant mentality, that's what a servant does. A servant try to earn his way into the world. But when you have sonship mentality, you know that God has already supplied your needs. You know that God already know what you in the need of before you ask. Come on, God have already set your life. Before you even were born, God already knew your beginning and your end. Come on. So when we know these things, we don't keep trying to go after things. We don't want things to have us. So then he said, fear not. So he gave him that back. And then he bowed himself and said, what is thy servant that thou should look upon such a dead dog as I am? Some of us are still seeing ourselves unworthy. Some of us are still seeing ourselves as nothing. We have to see who we are now that we're in Christ. It's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. We have been chosen. We have been accepted. We have been adopted. Come on, we have been redeemed. We have been forgiven. When you know who you are, you don't fall for Lodabar. You don't go in Lodabar. You may enter in, but don't you stay. When you know, come on y'all, when our parents was raising us, they told us the places we should go and the places we should not go. How could they tell us this? Because they've been there, done that. (laughs) They'll tell you, don't you go over there. Well, why shouldn't I go? Just don't go. But you need to tell me why I shouldn't go. Tell them why they shouldn't go because they're going to go to see why you didn't tell them they shouldn't go. Come on. Don't tell them part of it. Tell them all of it. You shouldn't go over there because there's a lot of people over there that will take your virginity at a young age. Don't go over there. I done been there, done done that. Come on, there's a lot of thieves and robbers over there done been robbed. Don't go over there. Come on, tell them about that place. (laughs) See, sometimes if we tell our children the whole thing instead of giving them half stuff, then they wouldn't ask so many questions, right? So this is what was happening in Lodabar. Now then the king called for Zibia, Saul's Ziba, Saul's servant, and said unto him, I have given unto thy master's son all that pertains to Saul and to all his house. So he was telling him, I want you to serve him. I want your sons and you to serve him. But I like this part. Listen at this. 
Then this is what he said in verse 11. Then says Ziba unto the king, according to all that my lord the king has commanded his servant, so shall thy servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons. You will look at him as a son. You will not look at him as a servant. How does people see you? Do they see you as a son? Or did they see you as a servant? A servant is always begging. A servant is always trying to earn his way. A servant is always trying to make his way instead of looking at the way that was already made. Do not get me wrong. God want us to spend our money wisely, right? But he don't want us to live like beggars where we can't help nobody but ourselves. Hello, somebody. God want us to be in a place that even though we got $5 and somebody is hungry, we don't mind giving them half of what we got. Why? Because we ain't in Lodabar. We ain't servants no more. We're sons. So if I give you what I have, I'm acting, I'm doing what the word of God say, give and it shall be given unto you. I ain't looking at what, how much it is. I'm doing what the word says do. I ain't looking at what I got in the bank based on what I can give you. I'm looking at what the word says. The more I stay in the word, nobody have to tell me nothing. The word has already said it. So if the word is telling me give out of your house, I don't come to the church house. Let's don't get it twisted. Just because you give tithes to God's house don't mean you send somebody here to get it out. Especially if you got it in your house. Yo, come on. What do we look like when God is sending somebody to our house and we say, well, go talk to uh, Apostle and Brother James. I'm pretty sure they will help you. Where did they send them? They sent them to your house. So evidently you got something in your house to give to them. Is that not right? So you need to ask the Lord, Lord, what do I have that belongs to them? And the Holy Spirit will help you now. He'll show you what you got. And let's cut this out. It ain't much. You're guilty already. Come here, I want you to know. I appreciate you. Come here, come here. It, nah, it ain't much. Okay. But I want to give you something. Okay. <laughs> Just give it. Why do we got to put emphasis on? It, it ain't much. But I just want to. What that mean? That mean you had more, but you gave me a little bit. You should already know what you're going to give before you give it. Don't be looking in your pocketbook with something going on and it ain't much. But I just forgot. So I'm just getting you what's in my, you knew it wasn't nothing in your pocketbook when you come up in here. Come on, somebody. You knew you ain't had number $2 in your pocketbook and you digging for gold. Come on, somebody. Come on, I know them trees.
bricks. Ain't much. You knew you had two dollars. Quit playing. You knew you had the rest, you knew you left the rest of your money home just in case somebody asked for some. Come on. You left that home covered up and bought your two dollars to church. That's a servant mentality. A sonship mentality. Don't mind giving, don't matter who it is. Well, the Lord will let you know. So we got to have sonship mentalities. So David said, he's going to eat at my table. Y'all, God never cuts us off. He prepared a table for us in the midst of our enemies. The ones that thought that we weren't going to have anything because we got demoted. Or the ones that thought we weren't going to have anything because people quit paying their tithes. God say, I'm going to continually feed you. Come on, that's what God does. See, when people think they cut you off, God don't never cut you off. Because God always replace what's gone. God always give beyond what somebody don't want to give. Come on. Oh, God is good. Come on, y'all. I'm making my own self happy up here. Thank you, Lord. So when God telling you to do something, don't sweat it out. Just give it. We're spending too much time debating on should I, should not, should I, should not. You should. But your flesh is saying you shouldn't because you're looking at the person's life. You're looking as a servant instead of a son. You can't look at the outside. You look at the end. It's inside out. That's how we function in the body of Christ. So we see that Jonathan's son, he still got blessed even though his daddy was dead. Even though Jesus laid down his life for us and he's sitting at the right hand of the father, guess what? We're still blessed. We're blessed. He has blessed us. We're blessed in the city. We're blessed in the field. We're blessed in our storehouses. We're blessed in our wounds. Everything our hands touch is blessed. Why? Because God has already blessed it. This is why we shouldn't draw back. We should do more of what the word is telling us to do because we're opening the floodgates. So then God began to show me Moses. Y'all remember Moses, right? And how Pharaoh wanted all the children killed, the sons killed. But guess what? The mom, she knew that there had to be a call on Moses' life. So guess what? Pharaoh's daughter ended up with Moses, but God had somebody looking out, which was Moses' sister. And Moses' sister said, can I take him to the the Hebrew woman? Didn't say it was her mama. Didn't say it was his mama. Can I take him to a Hebrew woman and have her to, um, you know, raise him until it's time for him to come back to you, paraphrasing? She said yes. So guess what? Moses only stayed with his mother for three months. Think about this. A baby that's three months old, how much can a baby learn at three months old? So look, he went back into Pharaoh's daughter's house. The Bible says that, go with me to the book of Acts. Acts, the seventh chapter. And it says here, 
Acts 7, verse 22. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and in deeds. So the Egyptians taught Moses their ways at a young, I want y'all to catch this, at a young age. He was three months old when Pharaoh's daughter took him in. They started teaching him right then. We have to teach our children beginning in the womb. Women, when you're carrying babies in your womb, this is where the spirit of God is right here. In the womb. We have to teach them in the way that they should go while they're in the womb. Because if we're out doing things of the world, that baby's going to come out just like the world. So, but if we're raising that baby up and doing what's right according to the word of God. Come on, when they get old, they're going to come back to it. They're going to have some things that go on, but they're going to come back to what they were taught. So Moses was taught the way of who? The Egyptians for all that time. But it said in the word of God that Moses went out. He saw his um, an Egyptian beating on one of the Hebrews. What did he do? He killed him. Moses, the next day, saw his two um, brothers. It came into his heart. See, God know when the time is right. He let Moses stay up under the Egyptians for 40 years. 40 years. He was learning the way of the Egyptians for 40 years. But then one day it was in his heart to go visit his brethren. See, God know when it's time for you to do what need to be done. Don't rush it. So when he went to visit them, he saw them coming against each other. So Moses was, you know, trying to break it up. They were saying, who made you ruler? So then they began to tell him how he killed the Egyptian. And he's thinking, you should know by now that I'm your deliverer. I'm going to be the one to save you from the Egyptians. So he ran. Y'all know he ran. It was 40 more years when he was at the burning bush. 40 more years. He's 80 years old. So God began to talk to Moses. Check this out. This is when God's getting ready to change his mentality. Because God began to talk to Moses and tell him who he was. And as he began to talk to Moses, I'm pretty sure he heard about this God. I'm pretty sure he did, but he didn't know him the way he needed to know him. We all heard about God when we was growing up, but that didn't stop us from partying. That didn't stop us from doing what we were doing. We heard about God. But when we began to get to know him and we hear him for ourselves. So at that burning bush, Moses began to talk to God and God said, take your shoes off. You on holy ground, meaning that God said, you're not coming up in here based on you. You coming up in here based on me. And when you come up in here based on me, your holiness ain't based on what you do. It's based on what I have done for you. So take your shoes off. It ain't about you, Moses. It's about what I want to do in you and through you for these people. So God began to tell Moses, I heard the cries. I heard how oppressed they were. And he said, I'm sending you, Moses. Now, this is the thing with Moses. He said, I'm sending you Moses. He said, who am I? He didn't know who he was. But God was getting ready to tell him. See, God had to groan Moses in order to send Moses. He had to change that Egyptian mentality. So God had to tell him who he was. And then God had to begin to tell Moses to tell the people who he was. Why didn't Moses know this? 
This is why I'm saying we can be saved for 20 years and still don't know who we are. We can be saved for 20 years and still tell people this is what you got to do in the church to get from God. If you never step your feet up in this building, if you never pay tithes, that is not going to change who you are in him, but it's going to change what's released to you. See, people use these tactics to get from people. But if you tell people about the love of God and what God has done and who you are in him, people don't mind giving. They'll open up their heart to give. So we don't put fear in people to do nothing. We tell them about the goodness of God and what God done for us and who we are now that we're in him and how we're the righteousness of God because of Jesus, not because of us, and how we're holy because of Jesus and not because of us, how we have been redeemed because of Jesus and not because of us. It was nothing we had to earn. It was because of him. When we begin to tell people that, people can live the life they need to live on this earth. So God had to groom Moses. He had to let Moses know who I am. He had to let Moses know to tell the people who I am. So Moses was so tore up, y'all, with his mentality. He didn't even want to go and represent God. Send somebody else after God done all this. But what God had to do to get him right God had to show him the signs and wonders. Where am I going, y'all? When we have a sonship mentality, we lay hands on the sick. We see them recover. We don't walk by a person that's sick and just keep on going. When we know who we are, we say, you are the healed of the Lord. Rise up off of your bed of infirmity. God has come to heal you today. We do what the word of God says. Why? Because we're sons. We're acting just like our father would act. This is why Jesus, as a son, he said, I only do what I see my father do. I only say what I hear my father say. So that means that Jesus had to spend time with the father. Two fish, five loaves of bread. He was acting just like his father would act. He lifted it up to his father. He gave thanks. He gave it back to the disciples. He said, now distributed is way over enough for everybody. He wasn't worried about it. Why? Because he was the father's son and he knew what the father would do. So as long as we have a servant mentality, we will be seen as servants and not sons. We will look for title. To identify us. But God wants you to look for sonship. He wants you to be in a place that you don't have to call on me or nobody in this place to have a title. You can go and lay hands on the sick and see them recover. You don't have to ask nobody, can you pray for me? God has given you that same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It's on the inside of you. So when you open up your mouth and you begin to speak true, you will see that sick person be healed. So quit having a servant mentality. Operate in sonship. The more you operate in sonship, the more you will see breakthrough in your life. Y'all, before I knew about sonship, me and my husband was operating in sonship. But the more you read it, I say, dang, God, sure you're right. Sons walk by faith. They don't walk by what they see. If me and my husband always walked by what we saw, we wouldn't do nothing. If we walked by what the bank say, we wouldn't do nothing. What we walk by, if God said it, this is what's going to happen. This is what we're going to do. 
Did it take some time? Yes, it did take some time. But y'all, I had some crazy faith. I believe that if God said it, God had already done it. So I'm listening to hear what else God want to do. And what else he want to do, I know it's nothing too hard for God. But he need a vessel to use to go out and do what he has required of them to do. If God has sent you, God has already prepared the provision for you for where he's sending you. Quit waiting on money to come before you go. God, if you're sending me here, something here awaiting me when I get here. But we have to trust him more than we trust in ourselves. That is sonship. And this is what Moses had to do. God was raising him up. He was taking that mentality of Egypt out of him. Because you know he ran from Egypt. He was afraid of Pharaoh. But God took him back into Egypt when Pharaoh was what? When he was dead. Even when he went before the new king or whoever he was, guess what? Things didn't play out like he thought they were going to play out. But God already warned him. Pharaoh ain't going to change. Pharaoh ain't going to let him go. So he already knew this. But he kept doing what God was telling him to do until he brought him what? Out of Egypt. When he brought him out of Egypt, guess what? The Egypt mentality didn't come out of them. Even though they were out of Egypt. Even though you're in the world and not of the world, you got to get rid of this world's mentality. You have to go into the word of God. You got to dig deep and say, God, I need this more than I need food. You said man don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So, Lord, I need to feed on this daily. I need to feed on this word more than I'm feeding on anything else. Come on, if you are feeding more on physical food than you are on spiritual food, even the physical food ain't going to do you no good. Why? Because when things come up, guess what happens? You don't want to eat. Some of us don't want to eat when when tragedy comes. When we hear bad news, we lose our appetite. Come on, how many lose your appetite when somebody gives you bad news? It's just like you were going to eat, but now you don't want to eat. Well, tell me when tragedy come and we don't want to eat, when we get happy, we make up for what we didn't eat. Ain't that right? So something's twisted, right? So the enemy know I can kill you by telling you negative stuff all day long. If you want to lose weight, just bring somebody negative in your house. You'll drop some pounds. And it won't take you long to drop the pounds because they're telling you, oh, at an early age, you're going to die at this age. You ain't going to make it as long as your mom and dad. The devil is a lie. See, that's why you got to know what the word of God says. So we got to have sonship mentalities. We got to get rid of this servant mentality in order to live the life that God has given us through his son. Jesus did not die for nothing. So let's quit begging God because we already have what we need through Jesus Christ. And Christ is in us, what? The hope of glory. So we want to make sure that we have a sonship mentality. And to do that is to go into this word of God more than you going into everything else. The word will keep you. The word will bring life to you. The word will restore you. The word will help you keep your mouth closed when you don't need to have it open. I'm telling you, go into the book of Proverbs. It will give you so much wisdom that you will say, oh, Lord, that's me. I've been running my mouth too much. I'm a gossiper. Come on. If you go into that word, you will keep your mouth closed. You will study to be quiet. You will mind your own business. Why? Because the word of God will tell you that. 
So the more I get into the word of God, the, know I, the more I know how to operate day by day. The, no, the more I know that, God, you have given me this day my daily bread, so ain't no use in me trying to get more. I'm finding out now, even with eating, sometimes you don't know what you want to eat. It is not like it used to be before. We'll spend I don't know how long trying to figure out what we want to eat. When I was growing up, everything was good. Now things don't taste the way they used to taste. Things are not the way they used to be. This is why we got to speak the word of God. Lord, bless my food. Bless my bread. Bless my water. Lord, thank you for taking six sickness from amongst me. We have to do these things because we don't know what people are putting in food. We don't know what we're eating. And this is what God is saying, y'all. With a sonship mentality, our trust is in God and not in man. I want to do an illustration. How many are sitting in a chair today? How you know you're sitting in a chair? How do you know that chair ain't broke? Did you check the chair before you sat in it? You sure about that? Or did you just plop down in that chair? Why is it when it comes to the word, we don't trust it? Why is it that we go back and forth like a windshield wiper when it comes to the word? But how many of y'all check your cars before you get in them to make sure there ain't no bomb in them? Did anybody check their car before they crank it up? Come on. You get up under the wheel, don't you? Some of us don't even check to see if we got gas until we run out. I know I don't. I ain't ran out yet, praise God. Y'all, this is funny. I don't pay attention to the gas price. You know I don't, right, honey? I don't pay attention not near gas price because I don't put no gas in the car. And when I put gas in the car, this is funny. What side of the tank, man, is the gas thing on? How you put the card in there? I called my husband. I asked Ariel, how you put the card in this machine? Do you stick it fast? Do you pull it out? This is no lie, y'all, because my husband keep the gas in the car. Now, if I get in the car and I see it ain't no, I, hey, man, you know ain't no gas in this car. <laughs> but I don't pay attention to those things. Why? Because I don't, anything you don't pay attention to don't bother you. Gas prices may not bother me like they bother you because I don't pay no attention to them because I don't pump the gas. But now if I spend time at that gas tank, I might be saying, Lord Jesus, you know Jesus. I need to go where I need to go. But anybody who's used to riding on E don't care about no gas prices. It's the same. So anything you don't pay attention to don't bother you. But when you bring people in the midst of you that pay attention to that stuff, it stirs you up and your body begin to change. Come on. You begin to get nervous. You begin to get worried. So the enemy is going to send somebody to your house to talk about what the world is talking about. We need to spend more time on what the word has to say and less time on what man is saying. Do you know an unsaved person that's giving you news is going to make it so fearful? It's going to tear it all out of proportion. That it's going to have you somewhere you don't need to be. That's why we need to pay attention to his word. Incline our ears to his saying. Let them not depart from our eyes. Keep them in the midst of our heart. Because they are what? Unto who? And their help 
to all flesh. Pay attention, y'all. Let's pay attention to what the word is saying so when things come, we won't have to go to Lodabar. God said, come out of Lodabar. That's not where I have you. God have us in a land flowing with milk and honey, and it's all on the inside of us, but God want us to bring it on the outside of us. So people will know who we belong to. So people will know that we're sons and we're daughters. We walk like him. We talk like him. We do what he does, not what the world does. Even when we get angry, we sin not because we will get angry. And then we don't let the on our wrath. We take care of that anger before we lay down. Do you know why we do that? Because we don't want to shoot nobody. True story. There was a young girl. I'm going to see if I get it right. This is a true story. She had children. She was 35 years old. And this young girl, you know, nice girl. They said, you know, she was a nice girl. I guess she laughed with everybody. She was a nice girl. She was in traffic one day, and it's it's close to home. She was in traffic one day, and this woman, which was 65 years old, cut her off. The girl followed the woman, I, I assume, where she was. And when she followed the woman, she started fussing at the woman. She got angry, road rage. She pulled out a gun, shot the woman. But the woman shot her as well. But she shot the woman. She killed the woman. She ended up living. Now she got to serve time in prison. Why did this happen? Because she had a problem with anger before this happened. Sometimes we try to suppress our anger. But somebody else end up getting it because we haven't dealt with it. Whatever, that's Lodabar. Come on, some of us take things and we hide those things and we laugh and we talk with people until something trigger us. And when something trigger us with something somebody said, we come at them like a locomotive. That's because we have not dealt with things that we have buried. Anything that happens in our lives, y'all, we can't just sweep it under the rug. We have to say, Holy Spirit, I need help with this. I can't live like this. I don't want to be like this because that's not who he is. So help me to deal with this anger. What is the root of this anger? Where did this come from? It could have came through your childhood. It could have came through somebody getting molested, somebody getting raped. They never told nobody. So now that anger keeps building up and building up and somebody else die from that. This is why we're seeing so many killings in the world. Y'all, it don't happen overnight. It happens through a person being bullied. Kids being bullied in this world trying to cope. Trying to tell people how they're feeling. And nobody's paying attention. Nobody's listening because they're quiet. And they're not bothering nobody. Come on. We as sons should be in our rightful positions to recognize what's going on around us and give the love of God. We need to do our part as well. It's too many killings going on. I was just informed, I think in Rockingham, Rocky Mount, they had to call a national emergency because it was nine killings in four days. Come on, y'all. We have to walk as sons and give this gospel, the good news of the kingdom out. So whatever happens, we know where they're going. Come on. That's why the gospel have to be preached. It's time out for coming in here, getting the word, going home like you ain't been fed. It's more than just us. It's a whole world out here that's dying. 
And they don't even know they're dying because they feel like I got cars. I got a husband, a girlfriend, a boyfriend. I got clothes. I'm looking good. I got money. It ain't about that. I never seen a U-Haul behind a hearse. It's time for us to rise up. It's time for us to do what the word of God is telling us to do as sons. Amen. So let's work on having a son's ship mentality and not a servant mentality and the way we do it is looking in the mirror the word of god the word will teach you if you want to be taught the word will tell you how to talk how to walk it will tell you everything that you need to be told amen the word will script you of the world amen come on and give god a hand clap of praise Wasn't that an inspiring message? Thanks for listening to the end. Join us every Tuesday for Bible study and every Sunday for service. We're looking forward to hearing from you as well. Feel free to reach out to us via the website at www.mtdm.org. God bless you and we'll see you next time.